Living Corporate is brought to you by the Liberated Love Notes podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. The Liberated Love Notes podcast is a starting point for integrating self and community affirmations into your daily practices. The Liberated Love Notes podcast centers the experience of black folks existing in white systems and speaks to overcoming imposter syndrome, disrupting injected and internalized forms of oppression, embodying an abundance mindset, and building a healthy racial identity. Check out Liberated Love Notes podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, hosted by Brittany Janae Harris. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the break room. I'm so excited. We need a theme song because otherwise I'm going to sing Welcome to the Break Room in a variety of different ways every week, which could be enjoyable for folks. I don't know. (laughs) So we are so excited to be here. Um, I am Dr. Nikki Coleman, and I am here with my four, nope, three other, I need to count, three other illustrious co-hosts. Um, And what we want to do with our time today is let you know who we are, what the break room is all about. We are excited. Hopefully, by the end of this show, you will be equally excited because you're going to get a little taste of who we are, what we bring to the table, and how we will be using this space. Um, We expect fully for this to be a place for us, our joy, our upliftment, Um, our mental wellness as much as yours. So let's make it a journey together. And this is just our first step. So with that, I'm going to kick it over to um, uh, Dr. Brian Dixon, and he's going to help us get a little bit of clarity about how we're going to use our time today. What I sound no, like such a therapist. How I, are we going to use our time today? You're giving structure, <laughs> and structure is always so helpful. I love it. So, hey, y'all, um, I'm Dr. Brian Dixon. I'm a uh, child and adolescent psychiatrist down in Fort Worth, Texas. I run my own uh, private practice, and I'm all about entrepreneurship, so you're going to hear a lot about that. Uh, we are super stoked to have y'all today. I know that sounds like a, a white people word, and it totally is, but that's okay. Um, I want to make sure that everybody knows uh, what we're all about. So The Break Room, it's a podcast um, uh, by Black mental health professionals uh, for every Black professional to enjoy. Uh, our mission is to remind you that you matter, that you are valuable, you are awesome and made of stars. Uh, we want to make sure that uh, we concentrate on your wellness and joy as a priority for uh, Black liberation. And so uh, we want to, we're a diverse group. We want to encourage a diverse group of listeners. Yes, even our, our white uh, counterparts. Uh, We want to make sure that we're being relatable and accessible and authentic. And so we hope that comes through tonight. We hope that uh, uh, propagates going forward. Uh, And with that, I want to introduce you to uh, Dr. Ajide. It's all you, man. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much, uh, Dr. Nikki and Dr. Brian, for, you know, getting me started. Dr. Hill, you're up next, so just get ready, you know. Um, So my name is Dr. Olajide Bamashikbin. I know that's a tongue twister. You call me Dr. G-Day. That that works too. Um, I am a health psychologist. I received my PhD from UCLA in health psychology, and I'm currently an assistant professor of psychology at uh, CSU Long Beach, California State University, Long Beach. And my research is mostly focused on African-American fathers and the way their experiences impact themselves and their families, mental health and physical health. And once again, I'm just so excited to be here with all of you today. All right. So really quickly, let me just give you a rundown of kind of what this show is all about and what we're going to do. Okay. so first and foremost, we actually care about each other. Okay. (laughs) we actually want the best for each other. So we're always going to start off with a check in. 
right? How are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing? How's everything going? Is there anything pressing that you want to get off your chest? That's first, okay? Next, we're going to talk about current events, okay? So it's really important for us to be relatable, and there's no better way to be relatable than to be in the moment, okay? And fortunately and unfortunately, as Black people, there's always something we can talk about, right? <laughs> That's impacting our mental health and our physical health, right? I'm sure I could check the news right now and I'll see a new story, okay? So we'll always come in with something current and we'll discuss it and talk about it and share our thoughts in a real, authentic, and honest way, okay? Uh, and that's one thing, we'll always be honest with you, okay? Next, we'll do one of two things, okay? And it depends, all right? One, we'll do a listener letter, okay? So, you know, we're thankful for all of our hosts as well as Living Corporate for, you know, allowing us this opportunity, but also the people who listen to us. We wanna hear from you and hear about your experiences in the workplace, okay? So please come in and write letters to us, all right? You can email us at thebreakroom, thebreakroom, lc at gmail.com okay any experience you have related to being black related to mental health related to experiencing something at work please feel free to shoot us an email and hopefully we'll read it out loud and discuss it okay and it's really important um we will always do our best to label things okay so we'll make sure we do that so if we don't do a listener letter we will do an interview okay so the world of mental health you know focused on black people there are lots of researchers and lots of professionals, so we'll try to do our best to get people in and talk to them and interview them about their knowledge and expertise. And hopefully that can translate onto you, okay? After that, you know, the best thing about this is that we're a podcast, but we're also a web show, right? So this is live and there are people right here. At any time, feel free to type in a question, okay? And we'll de definitely dedicate a few minutes each show to answering questions that our live listeners have, okay? And the last thing, and you know, might be the most fun thing, is what we call the last nerve, okay? And when I say the last nerve, you know what I mean. You getting on my last nerve, okay? That um, energy. That, that, energy. That's exactly energy, right? <laughs> getting on my last nerve, you know? Um, you know, some of us are parents here, we know that very well, right? So the last nerve is an opportunity, okay, for one of us to just vent. Okay, about anything that we're experiencing. What's on your last nerve, right? Let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. It's an opportunity for us to once again be real with you and to be intentional. Okay, because just like you, although we're here hosting, we're black professionals, right? We're in the workplace. We experience experience things too. We experience, you know, caring coworkers, right? So let's talk about it. Okay, and that's our structure. So now I'm going to kick it over to Dr. Hill to explain some of the topics we'll be covering. All right. Hey, y'all. I'm Dr. Lawanda Hill. Um, she, her pronouns. I am uh, the owner of, I'm a licensed psychologist, um, consultant and curator of spaces. Um, I am the owner of Hill Psychological and Consultation Services. I specialize with Black women, Black women in their spiritual health, their sexual health, their physical health, their emotional health. So looking at the whole woman. And I'm also a full-time psychologist at Stanford University. Um, and so I'm going to cover all the topics that we're going to dive into. We're going to dive into a whole bunch of stuff. We're going to start with the classics. We're going to start with anxiety. We're going to start with depression. We're going to talk about trauma because Black folks got tons of it. Then we're going to get into the nuances, imposter syndrome. 
drone, stereotype threat, you know, um, feeling like you don't belong, feeling outed, being a part of the, the impact of uh, interpersonal communication or lack thereof at the job. So no, no particular topic is going to be off limits. Anything that could remotely be related to your mental health and well-being, we're going to tackle it because we, like we said, we are very much so passionate about black liberation, black mental health, black wellness. And so we're going to cover the whole gamut. So y'all are in for a treat. I am so excited. I love that, uh, Dr. Lawanda. And if you haven't heard um, across what all of my co-hosts have shared, what we want to recognize is part of a Black cultural worldview is one of sort of holistic being. And oftentimes, I think a good part of why Black people experience so much anxiety and stress um, dysregulation of our systems is because we're trying to engage in a world that's not established for us. And part of sort of what white supremacy does is sort of dissect individuals, right? Like you're supposed to come to work as a work being and leave all those other parts of yourself outside. Um, and what we're really trying to do here is uh, decolonize that space and recognize that there really is no disconnect between those things. And the more that we try to disconnect us from ourselves to fit into that world, the more we experience all of those sort of negative outcomes. So when we're talking about our holistic well-being, we're going to be looking at all of those things that also include uh, health and wellness. And we're going to be talking about just general sort of life hacks that we know as psychologists and mental health professionals that help us be more healthy, more, be more present, be more psychologically stable. Um, because we recognize there is sort of a consequential impact on how we show up at work, sort of the uh, overall satisfaction we can have in our world of work. And I also am a firm believer that you need to be in your best mental health um, state to have clarity, because some of these spaces that we're trying to be in are not for us. And But you need to have sort of clarity of mind to be able to say, mm, it's time for me to exit, right? Rather than scrambling just to sort of keep up. So we'll be doing this in a very conversational way where we'll be sharing our professional expertise, insights, but also really sharing from our lived experiences. Um, so I thought maybe we could spend a little bit more time letting the people get to know us and sort of what, what does that mean? And I'm happy to sort of kick that off for us. I am uh, currently a senior training special specialist for diversity, equity, and inclusion in a major healthcare institution. This is a career change for me that I made midlife, mid-career. Um, I am a recovering academic. <laughs> so I am a counseling psychologist by training. Um, and that just means that, um, that I am a therapist trained um, to be able to understand the individual in context and thinking about individuals from optimal states of well-being rather than looking at them from disease and trying to fix the symptoms. My, my sort of framework and world on the view is that everybody comes with inherent strengths and access to wellness. It's just a matter of sort of trying to figure out how to help you tap into that and also look at how the environment and context you're in may be impacting you negatively. So I'm a counseling psychologist. That really is a predominant sort of um, worldview for me in thinking about that. And so even though I have been an academic, even though I have been, um, I'm now a corporate trainer, even though I'm also a licensed psychologist, for me, those titles are less important than sort of my overall worldview. And then secondarily for me, 
Um, I recognize that I have a great deal of privilege and a lot of the identities that I hold. Most importantly, I recognize that I have privilege because of my education, because of sort of the prestige that comes along with that education and um, social class status that comes along with that. And I am deeply and inherently committed to black liberation. Um, I want my people to be as free and happy and joyful um, um, and well as possible. And so I bring that perspective, that energy, that mission to everything that I do. Um, whether it is in the raising of my daughter, and I'll probably talk about her a lot. Um, I'm a single parent and a single working professional parent, which is a whole thing in this capitalistic system we call uh, the United States. So we'll, I'll definitely be bringing that angle in. Um, but it shows up when I come into work. Um, what are the things that I'm willing to tolerate? What are the things that I'm not? Who are the uh, people that I'm advocating for, who are the people that I'm going to let drown themselves, all of those things. So, um, and I'm hoping to bring that same perspective, worldview, energy to this. Um, I have known Dr. Lawanda Hill for most of her adult life. Um, and I'm proud to say that I'm getting to know um, uh, Brian and G-Day, especially learning how to pronounce G-Day's name. I'm going to get it to, let me see. Ola Gide, Ola Gide Bamashimkin. Did I get Bamashigbin. it? Bamashigbin. I'm going to get it, though. You're right, you're right there. I'm, you're I'm, right there. <laughs> uh, I'm getting to know them. Um, and I just know how much talent there is in this space, how much um, positive intention there is in this space. And so I'm in for a treat. You all are in for a treat. Um, so I'm going to say, let's see, Brian, do you want to talk a little bit more about what you do currently? Sure thing. So uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Nikki. Yeah, I feel honored to be uh, in this space. Um, so I, my whole entire life, I've gone to predominantly white institutions. And so I figuring out who I was as a black guy, because it's, it was just really, really hard. And so um, having this space with other black professionals, especially black mental health professionals, is just so empowering. So um, I'm originally from East Texas, a small town called Lufkin, Texas, grew up there, went to Baylor for undergrad, um, uh, went to Texas A&M for um, medical school and then the University of Kentucky for residency. And as you can imagine, white, 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 right? And so uh, I got to be kind of the token spokesperson for all of our people all the time. And um, uh, and that was a blessing and a curse, obviously. So I got a, got the opportunity to make some true change for some folks, um, uh, sometimes to my detriment, because you your cup can only be so full and you can only pour from your cup for so much before you get burned out. And so, uh, yeah, I moved back to Texas after residency. Um, and I started working for people. And one of the things that I learned, uh, it's not it's not them, it's you. So like I would get into these spaces and I would, you know, I would be the most productive physician. I would uh, be outspoken. I'd come up with brand new ideas. And I'm like, hell, this is awesome. Right. And then I would get shot down and sent to HR and written up and uh, chastised. And I, it finally dawned on me after I was standing in uh, my last boss's office crying after si uh, signing a form that said, uh, you do anything outside of uh, what you're supposed to do and you will be, this is your first and final, you will be terminated. And I said, nope, I have to leave. And so I left and I started a private practice. Uh, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just making stuff up as I went along. What I did know is I liked uh, working with patients. And so I built my whole uh, business um, structure around that. 
and it paid off. And so now I'm years going into year six and we're doing extremely well, have lots of doctors who work under me and I'm going to be expanding uh, my offerings to include more mental health professionals so that they can run successful private practices too, because it is my feeling that um, instead of trying to ask um, uh, people in power, especially white people in power, uh, for uh, anything, we need to grow it ourselves. And so I teach people how to brand themselves. I connect them with marketing. I teach them different strategies on how to st um, how to um, scale a business because there is a there is literally a way to scale a business, to scale a practice, to uh, scale your consulting. And so, yeah, so I bring that aspect. And then as a physician, um, at the end of the day, your body has to be healthy as well. And so I'm always harping on eat right, exercise, um, uh, what you're putting into your body, uh, getting uh, your uh, your shots. So I'm sure we're going to have a whole podcast on nothing but how to deal with all of that because that's super complicated right now. Um, yeah. And uh, and uh, again, I'm just super glad to be here. Um, and uh, with that, I will kick it over to Dr. G-Day. Hey, hey, thank, thanks again. Um, and thank you both for, you know, taking the time to share your experiences in the workplace. Um, once again, I'm Dr. Jude. I'm originally from Miami, Florida. Okay. I, you can call it just Miami. I don't, I don't really like saying the Florida part, but you know, that is where I'm from. Um, I'm the I'm the child of Nigerian immigrants. I have three older sisters who, you know, have taught me everything and have really made me who I am today. And I appreciate my parents and my sisters. Um, I went to the University of Miami for my undergraduate degree in psychology. After that, I went straight to UCLA to get my PhD in psychology. Right after that, I started working at California State University, Los Angeles, where I was for three years. And then now I'm at Cal State Long Beach, where I've been for a little less than a year. Um, I'm a father, right? I have two beautiful boys. So like I've told my co-host already, today's my six-year-old's birthday. He just turned six. So one time, you know, for a little G-Day, that's, that's my son. Uh, I love him so much. And my other son turns two, turns three on the 22nd. So, you know, happy future birthday to him too. Um, you know, I'm married as well. I have my beautiful wife, who also got her PhD um, from UCLA Education. You know, her name's Janelle. Um, and I'm really here. I... I care about families, right? I'm, I'm a member of a family. I'm everything because of my family, the family I come from, the family I've created, right? The friends I have. And I'm always thinking about the ways the things that happen out in the world impact us in this little space, right? In all the myriad of ways, right? And how we treat each other, how we talk to each other, how we eat, how we sleep, how, how everything impacts us, right? Um, and I hope to bring those experiences um, here and to share it with you all. So thank you so much. And I'm gonna kick it over to Lawanda. Hey y'all, I'm black y'all. I'm black y'all. I'm blacky black, I'm black y'all. That's me, that's who I am. I am a HBCU alum. I was born and bred at the Southern University in a &M College in Banton Rouge, Louisiana, where I was taught often to lift as you climb. And we celebrated Black excellence, Black scholarship, Black liberation, Black leadership, across the board, Black talent, Black magic. And so I come from a very, very I've been very blessed and privileged to be reared in my formative years in all Black spaces. Um, my high school, although mostly Black, we may have had five non-Black people in the entire school. Um, undergrad was the same. I left Southern University, went to University of Houston for my master's and my doctor, where I met Dr. Nikki, who was an incredible advisor and still is an amazing mentor. Um, and I, again, was rooted in Blackness, you know, in Black scholarship, you know, in Black professionalism and starting to understand Black sexuality um, and Black um, mental health in a different type of way from a Black lens. And then from there, 
I have all of my practicum ships, my internships, my residencies would be, you know, for some people to relate, were black supervisors. So I have very little tolerance for anti-blackness in the spaces that I move in because I can recognize it very quickly. And so my my lens, what I'm trying to bring is, I, I, I firmly believe, as Sonny Morrison said, that racism is a distraction. Um, there's almost always one more thing. There's always one more way to prove yourself. There's almost always another thing that we need to do to feel competent, to feel secure, to feel beautiful, all that. And it just distracts you from your purpose and from your passion. And I believe that God has more for me than that, to be trying to convince white people um, that I matter and that I'm human. So. I am all about empowering people to take up space. Um, I And I think that that's hard sometimes for people, but I think the more we're able to take up space, the more we can kind of not be distracted from performing and you know being preoccupied with the opinions of people who, who, who don't even humanize us in the first place. So that's the energy I bring to this space. I lived in Houston. I feel like Houston is my second home. I'm from Northern Louisiana, about two hours outside of Shreveport. Um, I am, you'll hear me talk about my siblings all the time. I'm the last of 10 children. We have, have seven brothers and two sisters. Love my family very dearly. Very formative too in my, very impactful in my formative years. And so even though I grew up in Louisiana, I, I tell people I was born in Louisiana, I grew up in Houston. And so Houston feels like a second home to me. Um, I stayed there for a while, for about nine years, and then relocated to the Bay Area. And I got tons of stories for y'all about the Bay Area in California and anti-Blackness, because it just feels different. And so, um, yeah, I'm excited about the, the show. I'm excited to be joined my co-host. I think we all have some very unique perspectives, and we, we, we have uh, different approaches and different ways of engaging, but the, the goal is always Black liberation and Black wellness. So I'm excited. Awesome. I appreciate that. It's um, And I was just thinking, sometimes I feel a little bit older than I actually am. I was like, I didn't give any of my like, where did I come from and all that sort of stuff. But I also am the product of an HBCU. I went to Xavier University in Louisiana. I'm originally a Louisiana girl from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, I've grown to appreciate my Southern roots the older I get. Um, and the real sort of deep wisdom tradition that comes out of um, the South. I was raised by a lot of amazing, um, badass, um, fear, fearlessly joyful Black women. Um, and the older I get and the more um, I have to sort of navigate professional spaces, the more I realize how much wisdom was poured into me that I really draw on. Um, and I, I think that that is sort of, um, Dr. Lawanda um, hosted a clubhouse conversation a couple weeks ago around uh, stop tiptoeing around white folks, um, which I love the topic. And there was a conversation in there um, a bit about like code switching. And I don't want to talk specifically about code switching at this point, um, though I do think that should be a uh, particular um, podcast that we cover, right? But um, uh, what what it made me think about was, I think, by and large, most Black people sort of come into the world of work already overprepared because we have the capacity to navigate multiple worlds to begin with. In order for us to have gotten to this place where we are in terms of our education, to be in some of the spaces. I remember sitting in faculty meetings um, in academic spaces early on in my career and just having such a surreal experience like, 
these people have no idea who I am or where I come from. Like they really, <laughs> I could not see any of them sitting around my grandma's kitchen table, um, eating a plate of greens and cornbread. And that is equally where I'm comfortable as I am sort of navigating this space. And so I think we have sort of an inherent um, capacity to really be excellent because we are navigating those spaces. Not only are we sort of on top of our craft uh, in terms of our area of expertise, not only do we put in the work to sort of master their information, we're coming at it with a whole host of sort of deep wisdom traditions um, and sort of these extra cultural experiences that, that they can't tap into. And I really think we serve ourselves better when we acknowledge that, when we not only acknowledge it, but are proud of it and try to find the ways to sort of infuse that into our work as much as possible. I think that's part of what happened with you, Brian, that day. Yo, yo, mama, grandmama's granddaddy, somebody rose up in you and said, oh, hell no, not today. <laughs> We're not doing this today. I'm yeah, you're job. exactly right. Yep, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and it was really interesting because my mama always taught me if you, uh, you know, go to work and work hard. I just, I, I, she never told me that sometimes some spaces are not for you. Like that, that never came out. And so, yeah. And so as a result, I was in a toxic place that was not helpful. So I'm, I'm, I'm super, super stoked. Uh, I'm, I, I think this podcast will be one podcast where everybody leaves the podcast each time with a direction, right? So we're just not on here to bitch and moan. It's about being intentional and purposeful. And, uh, and I think you, you laid that out beautifully. A few things. So one, um, all our episodes are going to be about 30 minutes. Okay. We don't want to take up too much of your time. So right around 30 minutes, we're going to end it up. Okay. Two, um, as I said, people, please feel free to ask questions. Okay. Always feel free to ask questions. And we have two questions already. Um, let's read them out and we will address them. So, uh, can you also take a deeper dive into the various ways in which an emotionally intelligent self-regulation framework can help us navigate toxic work or academic spaces? That is such a well-written question. Thank you. And we absolutely will cover that. Okay. So we're taking notes on it. We absolutely will cover that. Two, can you eventually discuss how to manage a healthy relationship with our social media engagement, parentheses, and all the toxic toxicity embedded in those spaces? and thoughts on social media hiatuses. Absolutely, we can answer these things. Absolutely, we'll take the time to talk about these. Um, another thing, I wanna point this out, we won't, all of us won't necessarily be on every single episode, okay? So there'll always be at least two of us, right? Sometimes three of us on a special occasion, all four of will see you night, you know? <laughs> uh, but, you know, we'll all take the time and this will really allow you to hear different perspectives in depth, okay? We appreciate that for sure. Let me um, just say for those particular questions that you asked, I could give you some quick off the top answers. And then what we'll do is make sure we'll, as we are planning show notes in future, we can incorporate a more detailed and robust discussion. But particularly with um, emotional intelligence and self-regulation, I feel like this is either a psychology student or a psychologist that wrote that question. <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's like a high level question. I love it. But, but um, for me, what I take away from it is sort of, what role does your own sort of mental health, mental well-being and mental um, mental health play into your capacity to navigate spaces that are not, not set up for you at best and maybe even negative for you mm -hmm, at worst? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that's uh, my short answer is you can never 
um, be underserved by your capacity to be fully self-aware and self-reflective um, because what that does is give you greater leverage for navigating circumstances, um, situations at work that allow you to sort of maximize them for your own benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also for me, and I will continue to sort of may reinforce this piece, knowing what's for you and what's not for you, right? Mm-hmm. And I really like this, um, the metaphor of battle and war mentality. Not every battle at work is gonna be worth your energy. Yep. And so mm-hmm. having, having your own sense of emotional intelligence and self-regulation helps you know when you don't have the energy to deal with that this week or at this point, let it be somebody else's, right? Because we have to think, we know so much more now about the impact of mental health and stress on the body and our physiological well-being. And we are growing and growing and understanding how these health disparities for Black folks show up. So my bottom line way of saying is that I think your emotional intelligence will prevent you from letting white folks kill you. Because that's what they're trying to do over the long term, slowly. Period. We are here live every Thursday, 7 p.m. Um, CST, 5 p.m. PST. This will also be available on liver, livingcorporate.tv. Um, so you can tell your friends, be a friend, tell a friend, is what I always say, yes. um, and come back um, to watch. Thanks so much, y'all. Thank you so much. Everybody be well.